0: Hey. Guess what? It's Wednesday. My scraper's broken. Mm. I have 30 meetings. We have basketball starting right now. Alex is gone. I haven't won a bet in like 3 days. World's a mess, but mm. all's mm. well in the world cuz Frank's here. If you don't if you if you don't know Frank, I don't know, you know, I don't know what's going on with your life that has mm. put you in that dark world, but Frank you, Frank and I used to do a show every day at five way back, it this was way back, like two years ago. And it was the worst show on gambling Twitter history, I suppose. As far as like, if, there were days if, where we just didn't even talk about sports betting.
1: If gambling so, was your thing, then sure. But I would maybe argue it was the best show. Yeah, no,
0: that, that, that's what I'm saying. Like, it was <laughs> the worst show. If you were like, hey, maybe these guys will give me something to bet. I feel like we gave some actionable stuff, but it was just, always really random. We got talking about the the old, what was the closing line?
1: Yeah, it was good. It's exciting. I looked forward to it every day, and then my power would go out, and you would just have to sit there and talk to yourself for quite a while. It was pretty exciting.
0: Yeah, if anyone remembers that deep dive where Drew just dropped because his battery died, Frank prepped me for that. Frank, what was <laughs> at least, uh, A lightning storm. A lightning storm just yeah. took out your power. But yeah, Frank's a Frank. If you don't know Frank, he's a good guy. He bets some golf. He bets some basketball. Secretly bets some hockey. I'm sure still. You bet baseball. You're not going to bet baseball this year. It doesn't look like we can talk about that. Yeah, we'll see. It's funny. Hopefully, you put in a bunch of groundwork already, and then they don't have a season. Just because that's a little funny to me. But
1: yeah, I've been waiting. So, like, I kind of redo and reprime my projection system every year, and it's a lot of work because I'm not like you know a savant at programming languages. But uh, I've just been holding off, man, because I'm like, I'm going to do all this, (laughs) and it's going to get pushed back. That's what happened two years ago with that COVID season. I was like. I grant, dude. I put in like eighty hours, like leading up to the season. The week before the season started, I forgot that it started on like a weird Thursday, you know, like that usual thing. And then they're like, "Oh yeah, we're canceling for the next four months." I was like, "You have to be kidding me!" So I I'm waiting until I get some sort of confirmation as to what the hell is going on.
0: I know I I had like a long reckoning, um, with myself one year. But like, I'm gonna sit down. I'm gonna scrape a shitload of college football data, maybe even the player level data, at least on the offensive side and try to put together a good power rankings for college football. And then it was just like COVID year. And I'm like, God, I'm glad I didn't have time for yeah. that. Cause I would have been exceedingly mad. Let's start with that. What's just, I, I haven't followed that at all. Like everyone's mad at everybody. Are we having baseball? Do you know, does anyone know, do you care?
1: So this was, this is like typical, like CBA stuff for like any league that happened. The owners put a lot of PR out there and then say, oh, we're about to make a deal. And then they pull the rug out or they put in some strange provisions that they know that they're not going to agree to it. And then they say, oh, the players backed out the last minute. This was our best offer. The problem is it didn't work, right? Because to their credit, this never happens, right? Like Pasaan and the Starks and the, the media folks that are cozied up to the owners that get access, basically were like, the owners are being ridiculous and they've covered this really well right they like they, they they've, they've painted the narrative in the opposite light this time to be like the owners are being ridiculous so the pr stunt with manfred going up with the press conference a press conference to announce that you don't have a deal right like this this is all just pr it didn't work so i i think they're posturing a little bit i think they're realizing it's not going to work and then they're just going to probably give in at some point they need to have a season just like the players need to have a season, I think. So I, you know, okay, we're going to cancel a few games and make them up later. I just, I think in the next couple of days, just my opinion, I have no, I have absolutely no sources out here in Hookstown, uh, but I will say <laughs> that I don't think that the, the lockout thing is going to be a long-term deal whatsoever. Maybe we miss a week or something, but I don't think it's going to be a long-term thing.
0: Yeah. They need each other. It's like they everybody yeah. wants a season. Everybody yeah. wants to make this money. Although yeah. the fun, the joke, the Bobby Bonilla jokes have been funny. Like somebody's getting paid. <laughs> like, at, least, at least he's getting paid. Yeah. I don't I don't I don't bet baseball. I've I've tinkered around with like some props. I think we've mentioned and Drew and I have mentioned that a lot of times. Even Alex brings that up with certain sports. Like if you really wanted to dip your toe in and not build a, a really complicated player level baseball model, like start with some props. Because I think you can just work on like pitching versus hitting matchups and do some nice stuff with that without really getting to it. I, I played around with uh, like home run props for a little while. I think those markets are just like super high vague and it's super random. I think I'd have to play a lot more than I was to have fun, but I don't bet baseball. So I guess I don't really give a shit from that regard, but I know a lot of people that put out good baseball content. I kind of feel for them. Hopefully it gets sorted. I do like to pass out in my hammock listening to a twins game on the radio like that's that's one of the yeah. pleasures in life over the summer I, baseball on the radio is a hundred times better than baseball on the uh well on the internet now everyone just has
1: their mlb tv yeah.
0: stream shit but
1: i don't know so day baseball, baseball game on the auto only and it like when you get the feeds that are just a little bit terrible right like they're they have like a little fuzz to them maybe or something those are the ones that those are the ones that get me i'll listen to the car i've if there's a rare instance in which i'm driving or something during the day to a golf course or whatever, and I want to listen to a game or something I have money on, I'll throw those on and you get some, you can get some like bad audio feeds in Baltimore, right? Like you got John means over three and a half K's and like, it's such a good, like, uh, you know, de-stressor of just listening to the game as opposed to, and look at the thing you like pictured in your mind, right? Like you're picturing him throwing change up after change up and, you know, listening to the announcer paint the picture. It is better, honestly. No, it's, it's
0: radio. At the ballpark TV. Yeah. Like those yeah. the that's the rankings. I, I used to love it. The, 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 the twins. You know, yeah, the twins have always had good radio announcers too. I think I've been lucky.
1: You know the guys at the stadium, like the I've always made fun of them until now, like until recently, where they put the radio in their ear and watch yeah. the game. I always made fun of those people, and now I'm like, you know what? Now doesn't I get seem it. That bad. You get you get both of we, we get options one and two at the game and listening to the radio. That's pretty good. Yeah, you can have
0: you can have the best of both worlds, and yeah. So I, I guess I hope. I hope we have baseball, whatever. It's uh and it is funny, like yeah, like Patrick brings up Jack Buck, Joe Buck. Like you can there were some really good radio guys across. We we got off topic too. My first topic was golf, and we went straight to baseball for eight minutes, but <laughs> it's uh but I, I was I've told this story a hundred times, but like my favorite baseball radio moment was driving somewhere with the wife trying to pick up Uh, something else on, like, AM radio, maybe the Twins game, but we were in Wisconsin, and we picked up a Brewers game when she first moved out there, and it was Bob Euchre, and it just blew her mind. Like, she had no idea that he was actually an announcer. She's like, like, from the movie? Like, yeah, that's what he (laughs) – like, why do you think they went and got him? Because he knew what he was doing. Like, eh, yeah, fair. And obviously, he was great in the film, too. So, Um, golf, though, API does start tomorrow. Did you see a lot of the information I'm using this week is from our friend Use Golf Facts. Um, we had a nice little storm oh from Justine this morning. I don't know if you're totally caught up on that. Anybody who doesn't, and I want to hear your theory on this too, because like it's just kind of implied that it's Patrick Reed's wife's burner. But at this point, like it could be somebody just pulling a gag. Like I'm 50-50 on that. The fact is, if it is a bit, it's a really good bit and everybody in golf Twitter loves it. it. The fact that it just goes away for like a month or two and then comes back with a shitstorm of Mm -hmm. like getting mad about telling, I mean, essentially they said, so it's either somebody pulling our leg, having fun, or it's Patrick Reed's wife being crazy, saying that the tour is like manipulating shot link to make some golfers look worse on paper. And that his his driving distance is like thirty yards longer than what we think,
1: yeah, but the funny thing is is like why does he stink though, too, right? Like <laughs> like I think it's I think this is pFt uh, commenter area like I, that's what I envision this to be. I think this is one hundred percent a burner because it's almost like too much of the caricature of what we like would think that this egg account would be on twitter at this point like it's like it's too perfect right
0: yeah it does it does just really fill the need that we have for that account like perfectly and does a great and it it goes like when it goes away and then comes back and it's always Patrick Reed stuff I love either way I love it I'm glad it was in our life this morning because I needed a little break from the monotony of normal golf uh content
1: it is Speaking fascinating. Of, uh, he, I mean he, oh, God, he was an above average distance driver of the ball and now he is well below average. Like well, he switched it to that happening. PXG
0: too. He started using that in Hawaii and like that first round in Hawaii was all like nobody it was loose shit. Nobody knew where the ball was going. Like yeah. that was coming off his driver and traveling. And I, I don't know if he just took the wrapper off it on the range that morning and started using it that day, but the professional he,
1: golfer. Uh, he,
0: yeah. that That's the thing. And uh, you know, you, you play with different irons or different balls. It has a little different feel, but a driver does have a bit of a, I think that's probably the toughest to change maybe putter too, but like changing to a different driver, you see some guys struggle, but he has struggled bigly. And yeah, he's not playable right now. His numbers are big. People are getting excited. Like, look up, read at 110 to one, you know, he won the masters. He's honestly for like uh, many, many years, he'd win mm-hmm. one tournament at least every year. The guy would do Like couple yeah, would
1: Yeah. He, like, he has
0: like 12 wins on tour. He's a yeah. big winner. He just, he can't play him right now.
1: He's one of those golfers to where um, it reminds me of female, but female finishing second instead where like, his numbers will slow, would always slowly climb up to this, like get close to 40 and then he'd win. And then it's like 25. And then they would slowly climb up to hit 40 and then he'd win again and they'd hit 25 again or 20 or whatever, depending on the tournament. And Final did that, but he just finished a second instead. So the, the variance has been less there. But with Reed's like ability in short game, it really gives you with the volatility in like golf in general for a good short games right? It, it gives you the opportunity uh, to win when people do that, right? Like when you just randomly have crazy putter weeks or you chip in three times, uh, or like at, at the masters where he did hit a ton of greens, but he also made so many putts and so many like eight footers, you know, that he made for par that week. Like it gives you an opportunity to win a little bit more so than say the guy that randomly hits, you know, a ton of fairways or something like that. But he has absolutely cratered off the earth since his, uh, his COVID issues. I mean, there were a lot of reports around that, that he had very serious case. And I, I don't want to say that he nearly died because I don't know the situation, but it seemed like he was
0: there he was pretty sick. Right? I feel like he was yeah. up
1: against it. Yeah. A, a little bit. And since then you can, I mean, you don't need the, the, you know, all the uh, hypersensitive strokes, gain stats to see that he is not the same golfer as he was, at least not right now.
0: Yeah. And I like that you brought like Tom, Tom Hogie's putting at, at pebble. Like, you see a guy, like, once a guy's ceiling gets to a certain point, if a guy's going to gain six, seven strokes, even five, like, you gain five strokes in the field on the green, like you're going to be in the top five, top ten every time unless everything else is just falling apart. Like, a guy with the highest, even, and I hate to bring this up because we had Usti, but even Rahm's round where he won his major there over Usti, it was like. I mean if you're going to make every putt there's nothing anyone else can do because you start yeah. with a high ceiling and then you if you if you start with that high ceiling you're playing well and then you kick in the high variance shit like that and it's going well everyone yeah. else is screwed um you brought up price too and I again I don't just want to go into a bunch of Arnold Palmer picks I'm going <laughs> to write an article this sure. afternoon I'll I'll have a bunch I gave out a bunch of top 40s I gave out some pretty valuable outrights on Monday if you were able to find Hovland at 20 he is not 20 anymore uh, Burns is not 50. Leishman's about where he was. And honestly, if you bet Brendan Todd with me jokes on you, because that's not a great bet, but I did take, I did take him um, plus uh, at a pretty nice plus number for top 40. I do think he's a guy that just hangs around and lingers this weekend, but the, the pricing too, I think a lot of people start looking at that and you brought up the read thing. I think that's the most interesting thing is when these guys, they play well, and it's just like a betting market where a team can be hot in the NBA and they get bet every week. And eventually there's a buy point against them. The same thing that Reed would play really well or win. And then he'd be like 18, 20, 22, 25. He couldn't bet him, And then mm-hmm. eventually he'd play some shitty rounds. He wouldn't win. He'd scuffle a little and then he'd get down to 40 or 50 again. And then it was just like an autoplay. I think that's the biggest disconnect in golf betting with people so many people latching onto golf betting right now is like those outright prices like first off take take into account a lot of other things but so many people are just trying to like predict who wins the tournament and i'm not saying you should fire on like 30 outrights but so much of it is just looking at the market because you see these these golfers where yeah you end up with like let's say last week's field compared to the field before that you know a good field versus a, you know, a bad field. And you have these guys where they're similar prices two weeks. Like, what well, what are we doing? If it's not some course fit thing that's throwing you way off, like why are you betting on him at the same price as last week against a much, much tougher field? Like there's so much context that goes into some of these things. And I think that's
1: yeah, where pay, so much paying noise. attention to it. There's so much noise, right? Uh, a good example, you brought up Pebble. A good example of, I think, of what you're saying is I bet Tom Hoagie at pebble at 65 and he chases down Jordan Spieth and Spieth is, you know, shoving three footers, you know, the foot to the right of where he's aiming and typical yeah. speed fashion. And he wins and he wins, yeah. I, I think with 65 to one, and then they go to Phoenix and that's a better field. And Rom is there. And that's obviously going to chew up a lot of the outright market, right? Because he just commands, you know, double the percentage of everyone else in terms of odds of winning. Uh, Cantley was there. Right. And, Hoagie opens up at the same price at 65. And I'm like, he just won, you know, and that field wasn't great, but it was okay. And he just won and he reopens at 65 again. Like you said, like if I'm just monitoring prices and I'm like, this guy gained more strokes this week at a PGA tour event than anyone else did. And he comes out next week and he's the same price as what he was. It has to be a bigger difference than that, right? Maybe it should have only been 50. Maybe it should have only been, 58 or 60 or whatever it was, but it's certainly better than 65, right? Like, I feel like you could just chart prices and just watch guys get to a point. And as long as their results aren't absurdly bad, like, unless, like, Patrick Reed's ball striking right now, as long as you're not monitoring and and seeing that sort of issue, like, I think that you could probably just monitor price and be like, all right, this guy's average price over his last 10 events is X, and now it's, you know, 4%, 5%, 6% higher than that. Like, let's take it, you know? Like, you could probably just wait for guys to go up and down because there's just so much noise in these things. Like, okay, well, what's a good course fit? What's a good course history? How how many rounds are predictive? You know, and all this stuff. And you can figure those things out, but the differences are so marginal, right? Like Rory McIlroy next year is probably going to be a very similar golfer to Rory McIlroy right now. Like it's not going to be that.
0: Different. Loves Dominoes. Yeah, loves. Dominoes. And I think, and I'll close with this. On golf, I'm working on this a little and I think a good exercise maybe for anybody who does want to monitor the market is because it's, it's easy to watch an NBA team who faces one team every time they play. It's easy to monitor them as far as how their how the market sentiment is like if they're a bet on team by the market three, four times in a row and they keep covering, that might continue. Eventually, it might be a bet against. This is so much trickier because of the fields. And I I would just throw out course fit completely to start with. And even if it's something as horrible, and I fucking hate OWGR, but Mm -hmm. even if you started with something as simple as OWGR would probably give you a good enough look at how strong is the field this week just by using the official world golf rankings to determine – Give yourself sure. a baseline number for how strong is the field this week. And then just copy and paste from like bookmaker, grab all their, all their opening and closing prices for all the golfers and then compare it to next week and come up with a course strength and then start looking yeah. be like, Hey, the course strength got tougher. And this guy's price actually went the other way. Like what, what's going on here? Well, then I think you can start to actually find some of the reasoning. And I think you'll start to find signal. Like if somebody's being bad at a sharp book like that, and they're being bet the next week into a tougher field. There's probably yeah. reasons that you should be looking into. Like, it's just like anything else. The the market is going to tell you, honestly, way more than anything strokes gained will give you.
1: Yeah, because we have a lot of smart people, especially now. Maybe golf wasn't all this, always this way, and it probably it almost wasn't a few years ago, I've but now there sure it wasn't. There's so much information now that you can just get from just monitoring the market and be like, okay well this guy was this price last week and now he's the same price again and money came in on him last week it's probably going to come in again you can probably do this for any sport right like just make some sort of ranking that rates the market and says all right well this team was an x-point underdog here and now they're playing this team and this team's worse right like you can in at least in in markets that move a lot i mean this golf market from you mentioned some of the outright prices moved a ton I, mean, I played keegan bradley at 130 i think earlier this week and he's like 70 right Like,
0: God, so, it's a good week for him too it's
1: just there's so Honestly. much yeah your guy That's i a hate guy. betting you're not so on.
0: much i bet on <laughs> brendan todd i'm probably gonna bet more on keegan bradley it's annoying
1: yeah yeah so it's just you, you can monitor things and if you know golf well enough like um like Woo was another one of my long shots this week and he finished 73rd at the genesis and people would probably be turned off by that but like he lost six strokes putting. So like if you understand how volatile that statistic is and why you might get an opportunity to bet him, he's lost, I think like nine strokes putting in his last two events and somehow made the cut in both of them and had a T26 in there. I don't hate it. Like, you know what I mean? Like you can you can find opportunities like that where prices are going up maybe for no reason.
0: Yeah, that's a good, a good call too. It's like if you see a guy whose who's market – price is traveling towards him being you know worse implied by the market go look at why and if it's something like oh he is really playing shitty like his whole game he's lost Mm -hmm. right now he hasn't found a fairway or a green in like three weeks that that's one thing but it's like ah he had some bad putting variants or if you actually watch a lot of golf be like man he just had some bad luck like he hit a sprinkler head he took a funny drop like it just wasn't a good course for him i think you can get some context so all right, I'll uh, close us some hoops. I don't know if you want to talk college, NBA, whatever. I got some time. I got a meeting at noon, but uh, we can we yeah. can do whatever you want here. I'm making my conference preview still. I'll be doing yeah. an OVC video here in like an hour. We'll talk about I... uh, some of the fun ones that are coming up. These are people are like, oh yeah, day basketball is back. Like it's back for a reason. All these shitty little tournaments that start, mm. they play at the campus sites, so you can play games at the same time. When you head to the Bojangle Center in Charlotte and you have one gym, you have to start a game at 11 in the morning so you can get four games in throughout the day. Like that's why we have day basketball. So, like the OVC, Arch Madness, uh, you know, the Big South, a lot of these that do neutral site stuff, like you're going to have day basketball for a week here. And it's awesome.
1: Yeah, I played some nca and t against rad for that line moved a shit ton and it's they, they had an eleven thirty tip and i just remembered and now i check and they're winning so i'm sure i've just mushed that one i'm, I'm sure it won't um i have become like the resident uh celtics fan i'm like I, all the celtics people i know are like so pessimistic about <laughs> i'm like the most optimistic uh you know one-off celtics fan maybe in the world right now because they're just so damn good and i they I think they held the Hawks at 30 some point, 33 points in the second half last night. Like it's just, it's, it's the best defense we've seen since the Warriors, the best team of all time. This is the best Celtics, the, this defense by the Celtics, I, I think is the best defensive team we've seen at, since, at least, uh, at least since then, and, and maybe even competitive up against that team. Um, I had some NBA plays today. I don't know if you want any of that jargon um some a, of this stuff moved uh, people because
0: again I, I broke my spreadsheets i can't play anything today also i've been playing horrible ain't gonna kill <laughs> me to take a day off and just work on conference previews although I i'm not actually games in I like, in, so
1: this is like an opposite year for basketball for me. I have like these like really good runs at the beginning and middle of the seasons. And then like you bleed it out, right? Like that's, that's probably like the general trend, I guess, for like any. A lot of people, buddy. a lot of
0: people just quit in January, February because the market does sharpen up. But I know, yeah, I don't think I haven't seen you playing hot lately.
1: Yeah, I have. I've had a pretty good end of the season, which the beginning of the season was so bad with overtimes and all that. I complain about overtimes every year. You know how I do that with college basketball? Cause I, I do yeah. bet a lot of unders just, just, for some reason and they always go to ot right like there's just so many ot games i'm i tracked them this year andy i'm one in eight i had one over go to overtime and i've lost eight uh unders in in overtime this yeah, year. i so had a i had, I had a
0: under 140 and a half go to overtime at 56 all never had a chance so one it wasn't even a double overtime Like those teams could not make a basket, and then they had a thirty-point overtime. Yeah. Like, why? Why does the world hate me right now? And then they
1: grabs. They always grabs onto like the worst when you have like an under, and a team's winning by like fifteen, and then they make it like six because then they're like so desperate, and they're fouling like crazy. They're like, man, we had it so close. We have to just keep fouling. Anything can happen, you know. So they really go. I
0: I feel it. It all evens out though. Like I know I've had a couple overs go over with overtime. I had at least one this year that happened. I've had a favorite cover in overtime. Like, it does even out. Shit evens out. Like, again, I've had a pretty bad stretch, but I've had worse stretches than this. You play play thousands of college basketball games over the course of a couple years, you're going to have bad stretches. I even had a, I even had a, it's been a long time. I even have a troll. Um, The Shelly gal is, I just muted her because it's like a a egg Abby. But I'm like, Shelly, why, why, why you got to, why you got to hurt me like (laughs) that? Like, he should have been around when it was uh fun a couple months ago but no yeah if you want to give me give me an nba pick to bet for the road and then we'll uh we'll call her a day and we'll let you get to i'm sure you're going yeah, these are simulator or something today
1: <laughs> maybe some driving right i know you're a big range fan um yeah indiana at orlando this is this is a touchy one this is this is definitely like uh buckle up your seatbelts here uh, a little bit in this game. I played under two thirty-two and a half. It's actually still out there. Uh, Pacers at Magic. So the Magic in the last heading into the All Star break and coming out of it, uh, they've essentially completely flipped on what they're doing in terms of of pace. They they ran at about fourteen point four seconds per possession coming in uh, or, or over the season long and over their last five games or so, they're running at thirteen point three. So like in general, that would be a pretty big uh change right that's a pretty big jump and sustaining that maybe for a game or two is one thing but doing start doing it for like five or six games or you're consistently under that is quite a big difference so um it, there's been some over money the last few days uh of magic games for that reason and i think we've gone and we've talked about you talked about this a little bit earlier like maybe we're going a little bit too far and we'll like the the world is going to start to even out here even if i yeah. assume the magic are going to run at a fast pace i still make this number 231 uh, if we look at their last game, their pace did slow down quite a bit. They were about 14 seconds per possession in that game. So the, they didn't run at that like, you know, 13 second or under mark like some of their games uh, since the All-Star break and and running into the All-Star break. So even if I make this number uh, or their pace stat uh, quite a bit higher, I still don't see this number getting there at 232 and a half. So that number's still hanging out there just be aware that this could get pretty crazy in terms of pace. Uh, but maybe Orlando, as they tend to do, start evening, evening things out and sort of getting back to their usual pace here. Uh, most of the time, they don't sustain like these changes over a long period of time because it'd be like, oh, my efficiency sucks now um, because we're running too fast or whatever. And I don't think Orlando really has the pieces to keep this up anyway. But uh, yeah. yeah, under 232.5 and, and hold your nose and hope the, the pace doesn't get too crazy
0: yeah and that's again, he's not here to defend himself, not defend himself. I'm about to see something oh. nice. but Alex does a nice job of kind of tracking each team's um you know, market sentiment for totals and the and the market as a general for totals like uh what what's what the market as a whole for that day. For that week has been taking and it it is a little cyclical as like the yeah. market is like all right, we're done with overs. Now we're, we're now we've gone too high, we're gonna hit the under. So and you still can bet under 232 and a half at our new title sponsor FanDuel, which I forgot to mention off the top. So hmm. I'm gonna take care of that now to fulfill my fulfillables. And yeah, it is it is still two thirty two. I'll mention real quick too, if you're in Illinois, um which I know a lot of you are, and we did bring this up. Mobile betting is back, which was dumb that it went away. And I don't feign to understand Illinois politics, mm. but for some reason you used to be able to sign up for mobile, and then they said now you got to drive to a casino, which is just a horrible way to run the business. Now it is back on March 5th. You are able to do mobile betting again or mobile sign up again. So I will have a link in the show notes and on the YouTube channel there for you for FanDuel. If you want to get signed up in Illinois, it's a uh, like literally, you don't even have to put money in. If you pre-register in the next couple days with this link, and then you fire up your account when it goes live, you just have a hundred bucks sitting there for you. So pretty good deal. Obviously take advantage of all those promos. It's hard enough to beat anything at this game. Win yourself a few extra bucks that way. Like I said, I'll have the link for you. And then Frank, where can people find your stuff if they're looking for more frank all the time
1: yeah i have hot takes on twitter at real frank frank wouldn't suggest following me on there but you can follow all my stuff ftmbets.com you can get under the pricing tab there 400 bucks for the year if you use code frank you get uh 80 bucks off of that so 320 bucks for the year a lot better deal than the monthly but you get the whole site you don't you know we don't divvy it up at all uh you get the discord You get all that stuff in there uh with the whole site there so 320 bucks for the whole year use code frank ftmbets.com
0: frank is just a hilarious code to me at it it's because it rhymes with their name thanks a lot frank (laughs) we'll catch you guys tomorrow thanks for joining us hit the thumbs up on the youtube and we'll see you thursday